0: Ancient people around the world all made a rather similar discovery. In certain places, they could find a black stone in the ground which could burn. It was coal. For the most part, this combustible black rock took a backseat to wood as a fuel source, but eventually it replaced wood and was the fuel source that drove the Industrial Revolution. Over time, other energy sources eventually surpassed coal, and now coal appears to be on its way out. Learn more about coal I might as well start this episode right at the beginning by explaining exactly what coal is. Coal is a black, sedimentary rock that was formed geologically from dead organic matter. The way it was believed to have been formed was from vast swamp forests that covered most of the Earth during the late Carboniferous period from about 300 to 323 million years ago. These swamp forests were, as the name would suggest, large swampy areas with dense tree growth. As plants died, they fell into the muddy water where they couldn't oxidize and decay. Eventually, this layer of organic matter built up and was covered by more sediment layers. Over time, this layer of organic matter would become what's known as peat, which in and of itself is a combustible fuel source. But after further compression by more sediment over millions of years, water, methane, and carbon dioxide would be expelled, leaving a denser rock with more carbon. Coal is a rock but it's not a mineral, so there isn't a single chemical formula for coal. There are different types of coal based on the geological processes which acted on it. Roughly speaking, there are four grades of coal. The lowest grade of coal is called lignite. Lignite is brownish in color and has the lowest amount of carbon and the highest amount of moisture of any coal. This is usually used only for electrical generation. The next highest grade is subbituminous. Subbituminous so, coal is black and has a dull appearance, and it's also used for electrical generation. Above that is bituminous. This is black and shinier with a higher carbon content. It can be used for electrical generation, but it's also used for creating heat in steel making. The highest grade of coal is called anthracite. This is known as hard coal. It has the most luster, the least impurities, and carbon content, which is usually over 85%. Only 1% of all the coal in the world is anthracite. A geologist by the name of Carl Hilt in the late 19th century established what is known as Hilt's Law, which says that the deeper the coal, the higher its grade. Humans knew about coal very early on. Where coal seams managed to reach the surface, coal was easily accessible. Early humans found coal almost everywhere on Earth. The first recorded use of coal came from northern China about 6,000 years ago, and some of the first uses were actually as a stone that could be easily carved. However, the early Chinese also found out that this stone could burn, and they had lots of it. Marco Polo noted coal was used extensively in China during his travels in the 13th century. Coal was also used on the island of Britain during the Bronze Age, and it was exploited during the Roman era. And there is ample evidence of the Greeks, Aztecs, and other cultures using coal where and when they could find it. While coal was used in the ancient world, it wasn't necessarily the preferred fuel source. Mining was more difficult than chopping down trees, so it had limited use. The place where coal really took off was in Britain. The coal trade as an industry began around the year 1000, and it was used as a source of heat and for cooking. However, for centuries, it still took a backseat to wood. In 1306, after it became obvious that coal was much more polluting than wood, coal was actually banned by royal decree in the city of London by King Edward I. By the late 16th and early 17th centuries, however, Britain started running out of trees. Coal production had to be stepped up, which meant that simple hand-dug pits and coal taken from seawalls where coal seams were exposed wasn't going to be enough. This meant the creation of coal mines to meet the demand for coal. Here I should probably note the differences between coal and wood. The amount of energy obtained in wood and coal per unit of mass really isn't that much different. The big difference is that coal is much denser, so it has much more energy per unit of volume. Coal mining was, and still is, a very dangerous and dirty business. You were literally digging up something flammable, which would often have pockets of methane. And on top of that, there was also dust that came from the coal, which got into everything, including the lungs of miners. One big difference between mining for coal and mining for ore is that you could use most of what came out of a coal mine. If you were mining for gold, silver, or copper, There would usually only be a tiny amount of ore and a lot of useless rock. If you remember back to my episode on the steam engine, the very first steam engines were designed as pumps to take water out of coal mines. So, steam engines were invented to facilitate coal mining, but it needed a source of fuel which increased the demand for even more coal. From 1700 to 1750, British coal production increased by 50%. From 1750 to 1800, It increased another 100%. And the next 50 years, from 1800 to 1850, coal production increased 500%. It was coal that drove the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century. It fueled the trains, steamships, and the steam engines in the factories. Coal mining sprung up all over the world. Germany, Russia, North America, South Africa, Mexico, Australia, India, China, and Japan all had coal mines. Coal also became the preferred fuel source in major cities due to its compact form of energy. Homes had coal-burning fireplaces and stoves, and coal would be delivered to buildings via a coal chute. There was another major use for coal that also drove the Industrial Revolution, coke. Coke is coal that has been heated to remove most impurities and to increase its carbon content. Coke is to coal what charcoal is to wood. Coke is critical in the creation of iron and steel as it can burn hotter than coal, which is necessary when using blast furnaces to produce cast iron. The 19th century also saw the rise of coal gasification. Coal gas is the product of heating coal without any air, and it's a byproduct of the creation of coke. The resulting gas is a mixture of methane, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, hydrogen gas, and water. Coal gas was what was primarily used to light gas street lamps at night and eventually it was extended to homes for use in heating and cooking. It was primarily the domestic use of coal that made London such a dirty place in the later half of the 19th century. What Edward I knew over 500 years earlier hadn't really changed. Coal was dirty. Far more dirty than wood in terms of the quantity and quality of what is emitted during combustion. Coal releases ash, nitrous oxide, sulfur dioxide, and heavy metal particles, including trace amounts of radioactive elements like uranium. These coal emissions, coupled with London's famous fog, resulted in several severe 19th-century smog episodes. In 1873, a smog lasted three days and killed 700 people. In 1880, an even worse smog event occurred, which killed approximately 1,000 people. And in 1893, another smog event killed 1,000 people. But perhaps the worst event was the Great Smog of 1952. For four days, London was brought to a standstill by a coal-induced smog. Initial estimates were that it killed 4,000 people, but later estimates have raised that number to ten to 12,000. The sky was so dark consistently in several large British cities that they saw a resurgence of rickets, which is caused by a vitamin D deficiency. In Manchester, of the 11,000 men who volunteered for the Boer War in 1899, 8,000 were found physically unfit for service. The 20th century saw several major developments which affected the use of coal. Electrification moved a great deal of coal burning to centralized power stations. It wasn't necessary to have coal on-site to run steam-powered machinery in most places anymore. This removed much of the infrastructure surrounding the delivery of coal, as it now just had to go to only a few places. While the use of coal shifted to fewer, larger facilities, overall demand for coal didn't decrease. Throughout the 20th century, coal remained the cheapest and most abundant source of fuel for power plants. The year which saw the largest amount of gross coal consumed in the world actually occurred in 2013. Today, 38% of all the electricity in the world comes from coal-fired electrical plants, with over half of that coming from a single country, China. Mining for coal can be done in one of two ways, depending on where the coal is located. If a coal seam goes deep underground, then it requires the use of a mine shaft in underground mining. But if the seam is near the surface, then it can usually be extracted via open-pit, or strip mining. Open-pit mining is far more cost-effective and safer than underground mining, but it also does more damage to the environment as everything is exposed to the surface. The type of mine is dependent upon the quirks of local geology. In Britain and China, most coal mines were or are deep underground. In the United States and Germany, many coal mines are in the open air. The largest coal-producing state in the United States is Wyoming, which is almost entirely surface mining. And it produces three and a half times more than the second state, which is West Virginia. The largest vehicle in the world is the Bagger 293 excavator, which is in use at the Hombach surface mine in Germany, located between Frankfurt and Cologne. It's over 300 feet tall, 700 feet long, and weighs 14,200 tons. Coal mining in Britain, which at one point was probably the largest single industry in the country, hiring over 1.2 million people at its peak in 1920, effectually ceased in 2015 with the closure of the last deep coal mine in the country. One side effect of underground coal seams is that sometimes they can start on fire. When a coal seam ignites, it can burn for hundreds or thousands of years. Most coal seam fires are actually natural occurrences, and there's evidence of coal seams being burned underground over a million years ago. Burning Mountain, Australia, located 225 kilometers north of Sydney, is an underground fire that has been burning for over 6,000 years. The town of Centralia, Pennsylvania, has all but been abandoned due to an underground coal fire that began in 1962. Since the fire started, the population of the town has gone from 1,500 people down to just five today, and it's estimated that the fire may burn for another 250 years. Today, the biggest trend in coal is actually trying to eliminate it. As I mentioned before, it is the dirtiest of all fossil fuels by a wide margin. Coal is single-handedly responsible for 25% of all CO2 emissions worldwide. An average coal-fired power plant will release twice as much carbon dioxide as a gas-fired plant to produce the same amount of electricity. Simply moving from coal to gas can have enormous emissions benefits. And that's only taking into consideration CO2. Coal also emits a host of particulate matter that natural gas doesn't. Coal is estimated to be the cause of 800,000 premature deaths each year, mostly due to particulate matter. The vast majority of those deaths occur in China and India. Some steps can be taken and technologies can be used to reduce coal emissions. Most coal-fired power plants will use some combination of these. However, a report published in 2021 found that just 5% of coal-fired power plants in the world are responsible for 73% of all emissions for electrical production. The world's worst power plant in terms of emissions is located in Belchatów, Poland. Most people probably don't realize how much coal is still used in the world today. Coal isn't something that the average person experiences or even sees anymore unless you happen to live next to a coal fired power plant. Odds are we have probably experienced peak coal. Alternative sources of electrical generation, such as gas, wind, solar, and nuclear, are far cleaner and safer. In most countries outside of China, the replacement of coal with other sources of power has been underway for years. Nonetheless, despite its diminished role in the future, coal was the critical fuel source that made the Industrial Revolution possible. Without coal, it probably never would have happened. Everything Everywhere Daily is an Airwave Media podcast. The executive producer is Darcy Adams. The associate producers are Thor Thompson and Peter Bennett. I have a bunch of boostograms to read today. I've received several dozen 1,000 sat boosts from Petar, who has been going through the back catalog on the Fountain podcast app. In the episode about Stanislav Petrov, the man who saved the world, he simply said, Thank you, Stanislav. And considering that Stanislav single-handedly prevented an accidental nuclear war from starting, I think that thanks are in order. Dave Jones sent me his weekly 12,112 sat boost as well as a 2,112 sat boost on the episode about imaginary numbers. He said, quote, It's always good to remember that mathematics is simply an analog, sometimes a really good one, of the real world and not an actual representation. Things like infinities are necessary to satisfy equations and do work, but actual infinities can't exist, like Hilbert's Hotel Paradox. Dave, you have stumbled into one of the biggest philosophical debates in the history of mathematics. The question of if mathematics is discovered or if it's invented. In other words, do we make it up or is it real? This debate has literally gone on for centuries and has great mathematicians on each side of the issue. And I don't think I'm going to resolve it at the end of a podcast, but it might be worth an episode of its own in the future. If you're interested in participating in Boostagrams, there are several links I've put in the show notes of this episode that you can read to find out more.